0: afternoon meat suits welcome back to read it and weep a podcast about movies and friendship this is a bonus episode in season five um today we're just two guys getting ready to do a horse commercial and uh this is gonna be a special this is a new this is maybe a new series i i'm gonna i like to name something the first time and then it either becomes a series or we never talk about again either way this is the first of possibly one episodes that i'm calling still processing so this is where we're watching we're talking about a movie that we just watched in the last couple days uh, just yesterday for me um staying here for hours still processing it so this is not the uh you know you're, you're you're used to if you listen to the show for a while you're used to us having really incisive commentary really well thought through researched you know, very. We we support everything that we say. Uh, in this, it's going to be a little more. We're trying to. We're going to feel our way through it. Um, I didn't clear this with Anthony before I started explaining it. So, Anthony, I'm still <laughs> processing. If you have a lot of research here to present, all the better. You can help me process. Um, I'm your host, as always. I'm Alex Falcon, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and I'm joined by. He's at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland he has been cast in abominable filth he's made he's been made vile he has
1: been made set as a spectacle it's anthony lopez uh, and if you are watching this on youtube do me a favor try not to look alex in the eyes while <laughs> we're recording this episode Clearly, that I'm a, I'm a could be predator. real bad yeah i mean <laughs> an internet predator the worst type of no, predator no no, uh, no but no I'm this not. this is cool i like this if this is a one off then this is you know a one of one collection, right? This is going to be true. valuable someday, this, right? It's
0: basically an NFT. You can buy this yeah. episode for for a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, maybe
0: a thing we could do again when we watch a movie as like a little bonus thing. I, You know, it might have to have more format than just a name I came up with as I started recording for it to mm. really catch on. But, you know, let us know if you want to hear us um, still processing more stuff. It, it helps with this where there's a... I, I would even go so far as to suggest that large portions of this movie are unprocessable. They are... Um, you're not meant to know. So if you're still processing it a year later, that would be very reasonable. Um, Mm. I, oh, interesting, interesting noise, interesting noise. Um, This episode, as all of our episodes are, is brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies, whose um, donation to the show morally obligates us to keep doing it long after the fun is gone. If you'd like to join them and help keep the show limping down the tracks, you can go to metreon.com. I really appreciate everybody who supports the show. Also, as Anthony mentioned, this is um, available everywhere. Fine podcasts are available. It's also available on YouTube if you like to see our faces while we are talking. Um, speaking of which, um, we're, we're going to do a, a thing next week. So first, let me start out with like a little bit of news segment, a little uh, as as frequently is personal news. But next. So our next episode is going to be about the Avengers. Boo. You're right. It's terrible. But um, we're going to watch Avengers Endgame and we're going to do a watch along on Twitch. So if you want to watch us watching this movie and you can click the link and like if, if you have Disney Plus and you want to like watch at the same time as we're making commentary, you can do that or you can just hang out with me being sad. Um, we're going to do that this coming
1: Tuesday. The And you have been spending the week catching up, right? Watching all 24 movies or whatever. We, uh, Isn't this crazy? The August the second at four they... p.m. Pacific. We'll come back to this. It's a great
0: joke, Anthony. Uh, August second at four p.m. Pacific, uh, seven p.m. Eastern. Uh, was tw- uh, who was this? Uh, One a.m. in the Netherlands. Um, all of that you can, you can just hang out with us uh, on on Twitch. We'll have it posted on our our, our things. But uh, I believe we're going to use uh, Hunter's Twitch, right? Mm-hmm. Something um, along I that. Twitch.tv/spacecatspeaceturtles. Um, Join us next week, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, spacecatspeed, twitch.com, uh, twitch.tv slash turtles. Okay,
1: so Anthony, you were, uh, please continue your hilarious bit. Oh, I was just, I was just thinking, isn't it wild that the MCU did in 10 years where it took the James Bond franchise 40, 50 years to do? Make Burn 25 movies? On- oh, no, just make 25 movies. Oh, make 25 movies. And then yeah, they yeah. just announced another, like, 50 uh
0: last week which is okay exactly. so i want to take both of the, the two parts of that point second uh, se- separately first um you sent me a great uh great text the other day that was like hey just to get you ready for this episode make sure you watch uh um, just a few just movies a few things a few things you should do uh, i posted this on twitter and it was very popular among our listeners um but uh, as a gesture of goodwill, um here's a few movies you should watch first and then you listed all of them Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the,
1: everything till end game, there's been multiple things since end game. So the list yes, is just yes, growing. Yes. When um, we do, yeah. um, Avengers for the King dynasty review in 2027. <laughs> uh, I will have to update the list with another 20 movies and 10, um, TV shows. So
0: Jeff uh Jeff R on Twitter says that since it came out after Endgame you can probably skip Black Widow, but you really do need to watch mm. at least the first two seasons of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah. So
1: uh just adding a little bit more work to the And look, I pile. I've watched I I like the Marvel movies. I um I do I don't think any of them are great. Like what I I sort of say about the Marvel movies, I think like the worst Marvel movie is like a C minus and like the best one is like a B plus. They are really solid um middling students. I what think what are those but,
0: two extremes? What's the C minus? What's a B plus?
1: Uh like Thor two would be at the end of the bottom the bottom end, I think. You know, that's the one that people always before make. Before Tycho fun took of. over and yes, saved it. Before they completely changed who Thor was as a character <laughs> when it was a completely <laughs> different movie. But I mean thankfully Avengers Endgame Thor 2 is, like, the most important movie because we literally spend, like, 20 minutes in Thor 2 in Avengers right. Endgame because of the time travel shenanigans. Uh, and then the best ones, you know, like, Black Panther is obviously really good. I personally really, I think, like, the... I like the first uh, of the Avenger, uh, the two between, like, Infinity War and Endgame. I like those two quite a bit. I really like Infinity War just because it's such an audacious movie. Um, but you know the Guardians movies I like quite a bit. The first Iron Man is really really good. Uh, yeah, but
0: you know I, I, I like
1: I liked the Guardians of the Galaxy first
0: movie. I thought the second sure. one was a little bit boring, but I liked the first one a lot. Um, and I I watched Ant Man because uh, I like tiny things. That was fine. Yeah,
1: Ant Man's um, definitely watched. in that B category. Just solid. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's an all it's all right. It gets the job yeah. done. Pretty charming individual. Yeah, hard
0: hard to be sad when Paul Rudd is hanging there. Um, uh, I also watched. I well, I've seen two of the Avengers movies. I think I just watched the Avengers and the one that we're gonna watch. I don't think I saw Man. Infinity War, but I could have. I can't remember. I may have seen the other one too. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I do, and I imagine I we'll Black talk Black about
0: this. Like, I've seen, I have seen a few. I didn't do all of the homework. Yeah. Here. I didn't see twenty five movies for you, but I watched. I've watched four of them, five of
1: them. Yeah, I mean, I am still More like, I enough. do think. I I look at the MCU, especially, like, Iron Man 2 Endgame, if you just take that stretch, which is kind of, like, kind of a complete oak, right? Phase one, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I look at that almost like I look at, like, a really impressive building. Like, man, that's just, like, they actually made that. That's wild. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's... It's like looking at like the Burj Khalifa or something. Right. Like, that's probably unnecessary. It didn't need to be that big. Definitely Uh-oh.
0: unnecessary. Yeah. The
1: top hundred floors are purely for decorations and you can't right. actually go up there because the oxygen shit. Um, right. Right.
0: Probably a lot of people died building it. Yeah. Just like, but just, the, just like the, the, the universe, the MCU.
1: Yeah. But I do think just from like as a like a film nerd and a someone who's like really into like the history and very big elaborate productions. Like if you do kind of step back and look at it as just like the amount of like planning and scheduling and getting all these kind of like very famous actors like this is one shot at the end of Endgame. Uh, spoilers for Endgame. It's gonna be a lot of spoilers this episode for a lot of movies. I imagine the very end of the game, you're saying. Yeah, the very end of the game. Um, there's that one famous shot at Tony Stark's funeral where like everyone is there, everyone who's in the MCU who's still alive is at this funeral, and it's this one long shot, and it's literally like the fact that they were able to schedule that and get everyone there for this, all of these like legends from like really young up and coming stars to like literally Oscar winning legends of Hollywood, all in one. The way they were able to do it It is is that.
0: Those people are not allowed to breathe without Disney's permission for the rest of their lives.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just Bob Chappick standing on the back of their necks being like, you're going to do this. <laughs> um, and I'm well, not going to pay you what you deserve.
0: So the other thing you mentioned, so uh, I said I was going to take it in two parts. And I, the first one was how many to watch. And then what was the second part? Where was my, what was I going to say about that? Do you remember what it was? Uh the the moment is gone. Let's move on. So uh, again, it. you can you can watch us watch a movie
1: August second at four p.m. Pacific. This kind today. of great insight is what you're gonna get <laughs> during all of Endgame. I mean, okay, so you have, I mean, we could, we could talk about this, but like you understand, you you have seen Endgame, but you understand, like Thanos wins at the end of the first one, a bunch of people oh, disappear, and it's very very convenient. Well, I mean, it is kind of poetic, like the only people who like are left are like the original crew, essentially. But you get that, like, you know, five years happen between the between I don't the remember movies this and, and I don't care. But Oops. you did mention
0: Kids. that uh, we, we'll talk about this more next week on the stream. Probably you, you mentioned that they have like 74 74 movies they just announced as well. Um, oh, yeah. And what I love about this announcement was it was just like, hey, remember how you didn't know most of the Avengers? Have mm. we got some names you've never heard for you?
1: Like, they just they just keep coming up with names of people. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, like, I've mentioned this before, but, like, the the fact that, like, you know, because of Marvel almost going bankrupt in the 90s, right. they had to sell the rights to all the A-listers. So they Good built stuff, the yeah. MCU off of C-list stringers, right? Like, and it's, there's it makes it more it turns impressive. Out, this what's, what's amazing is that they still yeah. have
0: a deep enough bench that they're coming up with more.
1: Yeah, and the fact that they've been emboldened. like I've mentioned this before on the podcast—but like the fact that like my mom not only knows who Rocket Rocket Raccoon is, but loves Rocket Raccoon is like the most impressive magic trick any studio has ever pulled. Yeah, like the fact that they were able to take such an obscure team and also kind of like like, Rocket Raccoon. I gotta say, yeah, he's lovable little scant. You know, (laughs) I love him.
0: He's a troublemaker. Man, that's good to know. If I ever um, hang out with your mom, I have something to
1: talk about. Yeah, and you know you're both deeply devout and religious people. So well, I'm I going to
0: avoid that, and I'll talk about Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, okay, so that's one bit of news. Uh, bit of news number two: uh, the new episode of We Live in the Future is on the YouTube channel now. If you go to YouTube.com/slash Alex Falcone, you can watch me talk about futurism. Um, this week I watched Time Runner from 1993. I told you a little bit about this because I just watched it when I hung out with you last time. Um, but this is starring Mark Hamill, who I have, um, seen in something and I can't remember what it was. Um, what we do in the shadows. It was what we do in the shadows. So you know him from,
1: yeah, that's what he's mostly
0: famous for. That's the joke that I did in the in the, in the the video. I, w- he's so good in what we do in the show. He's such a great character. And you don't, I mean, if they don't tell you, you probably would not notice right away. At least mm. you would maybe eventually, but it, mm. he's buried under vampire makeup. So really fun use of Mark Hamill there. Um, he he's finally he gets to success. actually use his real
1: voice, which I thought was really nice. You know, he's been doing these <laughs> fake voices since the 70s, and I'm glad they finally let him, you know, use um, his actual accent. The other
0: thing, so I talked a little bit about this in the video, but the um, it's a it's a terrible movie, Time Runner. And as far as, like, futurism, it's like they could not afford to do the future. Oh, and yeah, the expensive, baby. Super expensive, but it turns out 1993 is very cheap. So what you do is mm-hmm. you have a movie that's in the future for five minutes, and then Mark Hamill goes back in time to the current day that you were filming, and then you can just film in 1993. But the best part of it, there's one character in that movie that is so much fun, and I would enjoy having in every movie and uh did i tell you this when we we're talking there's this guy named arnie and they like so at one point oh yes you need to tell me about this two thing. characters steal an airplane and the, uh, a crop duster and they don't realize arnie is like sleeping one off in the back of the plane it's his mm-hmm. plane and he's uh hungover, and he wakes up and hears a time traveler and an alien discussing their plans and then he's just like what can i do how can i help mm-hmm. um he's just like so ready to and he even says he's like I'm adventurous. <laughs> mm. That's his whole reasoning. And then he just never questions. Ten minutes later, he is firing an automatic weapon at the military in a military base he's broken into. Like, he is just instantly on board for whatever people are doing. Anyway, um, get yourself an Arnie in your life. He's a good guy to yeah. have around. He knows where there's an old truck you can borrow, and he is ready to do anything that you ask. Yeah. So that's, that's we live in the future. Yeah, he, he is he's down to clown for sure. Yeah um so check that out I, people have uh been very nice about it so far and i'm curious what you guys think as mm-hmm. people have listened to me talking about movies for a long time um i made a little you know i made a little thumbnail for youtube it's got the movie poster and me being like what you know so like this is the most youtubey i've ever been in my life anthony i yeah. feel like a real youtube guy right now trying to,
1: trying to get a plaque you know you trying gotta have a, <laughs> gotta, trying I to get I a plaque a, to a, above I'm, your head i am uh
0: basically a million subscribers short of that so yeah i'm um, as if I can just and they get give me one
1: more. at uh, hundred thousand too, so that really <laughs> <says something. laughs> that's that's okay, so far well, behind I'm, you. Are. I'm <laughs> about ninety nine thousand away from that, so I've still got a long ways to go.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny. I remember ten years ago when I was like just starting comedy. Mm. I was like, I really got to start making YouTube videos. That's where everybody's. That's where all the success yeah. is. I really got to get into YouTube. Uh, ten years later, ten years too
1: late. Now, now that everybody has moved on. I'm finally ready mm-hmm. to swoop
0: in and take over.
1: Yeah, I um, there's a great YouTube content creator named Super Eye Patch Wolf who does these um, really long form videos that are really fascinating, and he uh he just made one about people uh about like people who sell here's how to get a million subscriber like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. lesson plans and everything oh, no, like that. You know, and you know the irony is that none of these people have anywhere close to a million no. subscribers on their YouTube. Uh, But yeah, he kind of goes a lot into sort of what it's like and the the mental toll and exhaustion of um, working on YouTube and the way that YouTube has all these programs that are like these sort of back end things that are like very discouraging and psychologically damaging to be able to watch numbers. And they give you all this very specific <laughs> details. So I can't wait for you to go on this journey after watching. That. I mean, I'm
0: already doing that on um, so many other platforms. I feel like yeah. I'm I'm more ready for on on YouTube than I I was I was in TikTok timeout this week mm. where they were not showing my videos to anybody, and um, so this was like a good place to pour some effort. Um, it is all very damaging. I I'm not like. A kid who was like 14 is like, I need to be an influencer. I'm like, yeah. When I was starting in comedy, you don't they even were have a gamers chairs. You know, I don't, I don't know. No, why I know you, my they, chair can... is not nearly big enough for this. Um, but they like, I'm not trying to be an influencer because I think that's an important job for the world or one thing mm-hmm. I really want to do. I'm trying to get people to come see my stand-up shows. I've got an, I've already yeah. got an out. I've got an off ramp from this road, so I think it'll keep me healthier. Um, also, I'm making shorter content than he is. Um, but, uh, the, well, will one more content thing, I guess, really quick, which is also that, uh, for those of you who've been, um, following along with the teeny tiny grant, I have my third round of teeny tiny grants, uh, mm-hmm. um, out this week. So you can see uh, all some more of the people who have gotten grants and this one's really cute. It's got, it's got kids and it's got, uh, dogs. It's got the whole thing. It's great. It's good for everybody. All right. Really quick. Last thing I want to do in the news segment before we talk about this movie, Anthony, I yeah. would like, this is another thing I didn't tell you about beforehand. Okay. Um, this is a segment we do occasionally, and it's called uh, that I'm, I'm now calling Anthony's Outlook. So, Ooh. Anthony, what else are we? We just watched a new movie. We just watched my first movie in theaters I've watched in a long time. What else mm. is coming out for the rest of the summer like or early in the fall? What What else is on your list of movies you're excited to see in theaters?
1: Um, Should give me a heads up. I know uh, I, I should have. have. have... I, I, but I, was... I just
0: assume you always are,
1: are excited about something. Yeah, I mean, so far, I, okay, so, like, I was just talking to my wife about this, about how this year has already been a pretty banger year for movies, I think. Which is fascinating, because
0: it's, like, 30% as many movies as a normal year have come out, so there, are they doing just the good ones?
1: Well, there's definitely been a lot of, you know, bad movies, and a lot of movies still coming out, and a lot of movies that I haven't had any desire to see but the movies i have seen and like some of them have been you know pushed from the last two years and are finally getting released this year but this year already between everything everywhere all at once right. um uh top gun maverick which i was a very big fan of seeing as a theatrical experience uh nope uh, the Batman obviously was still, you know, recovering from morbing out so hard as a collective <laughs> society. I right, mean, so so one thing we're looking Morbius forward to later out. in the year is when Morbius comes out again. Oh yeah, I mean, God, people need to like, we gotta first get over the first Morbin, and then we can <laughs> Morb again. Um, um,
0: yeah, they've still put out some crap, but like, so what else is what, what else is on the horizon from here?
1: Um, let me see here. Well, uh, but I'm trying to find just a list of upcoming movies that look good this year. Um, I know there's... I forgot Death in the Nile came out. Yeah, Uh, that was terrible. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talents out. I really want to see that. I really want to see that Scream movie. There's a lot of stuff that's already come out that I want to keep seeing. Yeah, Um, um... Are you going to see Marcel the
0: shell Marcel the shell with shoes on? I do really want to see that. Yes, I'm. I'm Um, interested in that. That seems fun. Um, Also, there's B.J. Novak's got a new movie coming out next week, Mm -hmm. called Vengeance that he wrote and directed, which I don't know anything about. Um, Isn't there? There's also like a new The Rock superhero movie.
1: Oh, Black Adam. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but the hierarchy of of power in the MCU is going to change forever. that's something that, that's an use. mcu i thought that was a dc no movie. that's the dcu i'm sorry did i say mcu yes okay yeah, yeah. uh yeah but no that's like the line he keeps saying over and over and over again and it's very obnoxious. no i mean it seems like by like the most famous person they're putting into this yeah i mean uh speaking of the mcu i don't know if you watched the trailer for wakanda forever no. uh the new black panther movie it's is a very, very well-cut trailer. I'm a I big fan of Ryan i not seen Marvel movies unless I'm forced to, so I'm um, probably not going to end up seeing this. This one looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, you, just between that, there's, do you know, there's have a, you heard anything
0: about 3,000 Years of Longing?
1: Yeah, the new George Miller movie. Yeah. That looks pretty good. I haven't seen really one of his wild. in a minute. Yeah. Um, there's a Indian movie on Netflix called Err, 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 like three Errs uh-huh. all next to each other. I've been meaning to get around to seeing everyone I know who has seen it has said it's one of the best movies they have seen in years. Um, Hmm. It's a real, just from the bit I've seen of it, it looks wild. It's very, very over the top and hyper stylized. You know, it's a Bollywood action movie. I mean, that's kind of how they make films over there. But this one's supposed to be really, really good. Um, I definitely want to see that. Guillermo del Toro is doing a new Pinocchio uh, yeah, I think he's just a producer on it. I don't know if he's actually making it because there's also the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio. Oh, which wait, is really? Coming out end of this year or next year. Okay, um, so this is um, people
0: are like, I just like, saw the stories because the trailer just came out today, but it, people are calling it Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio
1: and it's a stop motion huh? Pinocchio. On oh, Netflix. maybe it is him. I don't, I know it might just be like I said, I'm not actually sure what his remote like um job is on it. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, but, interesting. Yeah, a right. lot of Pinocchio. I mean, there was that uh, Italian Pinocchio, like a year or right. two ago. A lot of Pinocchio yeah. on the brain right now. You know, when uh,
0: when when the 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 IP is free, people mm-hmm. pee freely. All right. Anyway, that was a, a yeah. not a great, but it came out. All right. So that's the uh, that's the news. We got a movie to process. We're still processing in segment two. 72 still processing um, this week we watched yesterday we watched nope the 2022 american science fiction horror film written directed and co-produced by jordan peele it's from his monkey paw productions banner it stars mm-hmm. daniel kaluuya kiki palmer
1: steve yawn brandon perea and michael wincock Daniel Kaluuya uh, also finally getting to do his natural accent. I'm convinced his British accent is actually a voice he puts on. Oh, he I thought you were saying his natural good... accent was just not talking
0: for most of no, the time. He,
1: he's no, he's one of those actors. I've talked about this before, but like... You think he's I, pretending I don't believe to be British for the money. British. He's just so good at yeah. doing an American accent. Yeah. And every time you hear his real Suspicion. voice, it's just very upsetting to me. Um... But yeah, we talked about this like a year or two ago when all those like real life American movies came out right? and all the Americans were played by Brits. Um,
0: Yeah, they've taken over. They've won. This is how they get us back. Yeah, they play. We we got independence and they were like, just you wait in a few hundred years. We're going to send over some TV actors that you cannot handle.
1: Yeah, you guys can take independence, but we're gonna take credit for it in the movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're gonna right. play
0: those people. Um, I I didn't quite get to the end of that list of people oh, starring. Uh, Michael Wincock caught and a bunch of horses. Just wanted to get. Mm-hmm. To Just wanted to say there were a lot of horses in the movie. Um, yeah. so because this is a brand new movie, uh, this is going to be spoilery in a way. I'm not going to do a full summary and like spoil every beat for you, but we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to talk about the ending. So if you are, if you've not seen it yet and don't want it to be spoiled for you, I'm, I mean, I went into this blind, which is something I wanted to talk to you about actually, mm -hmm. um, is like how blind I could go into a movie. Like I did not watch a single trailer. I've seen the poster, you know, the billboards around town, but I didn't watch a single trailer. I knew nothing about the plot of this movie. So the first spoiler is coming here in a second. Um, which is that the, this is a movie about aliens? So if you didn't, if you didn't want that no. spoiled for you,
1: not, uh, not really. And like the thing is, my problem is you you you're, you're pl- pluralizing it.
0: It's right, not about it, right.
1: aliens. Well, about you know, I don't
0: know. Aliens. We don't
1: we don't know. We don't know. Well, yeah. most there seems like mostly one alien, but um, yeah. well, I was so- it's about a uh, alien. So I yeah I we're gonna fully f- spoil this movie. I'm also gonna put a warning out because I imagine Jordan Peele's other films are gonna come up. So also spoilers for Get Out and Us, uh, we're probably gonna get dropped in this movie. Um, I do want to and, ask and you probably a, question. a few other. We should just pick a few
0: other movies from a long time ago to spoil as well. Oh, you well, know? like specifically, S- I'm going Queen to also people.
1: Well, I'm gonna say, um, did you see the Jaws trailer before this movie? Because when I saw it, they're re-releasing Jaws in IMAX later this year. Oh, no, no, so no. They I, mean I watched this
0: t- at a really cool little independent theater that had, uh, I think, one trailer, and that was it. Okay, so I saw this in IMAX, uh, which yeah. was the
1: likes. It was mostly shot in IMAX. Um, yeah. And also branded on the hand-crank camera, yes. said it was an IMAX camera. So later this year or early next year, they're going to be re-releasing Jaws in IMAX. And it was very, very funny. As it was originally intended to see a Jaws trailer before this, because about halfway through this movie, I realized this is, this Jaws. is Jaws. Right. Like, so, okay, and so it's major spoilers for spoilers Jaws ahead. I <laughs> mean, not just down to, like, this movie's filled with homages, but literally the entire final act is a almost beat-for-beat beat recreation of the Jaws final act, which is very, very purposeful. Like, yeah. everything, that yeah. every single event that happens in Jaws happens in this movie. Right. Yeah. Almost identically. Uh, um, and I yeah, thought that, that cool. was thing really, thing that really Peele cool. Likes.
0: Like, like uh, us starts with like panning over a series of VHS tapes of movies that he's doing homages to later.
1: Like, yeah, the dude is very, um, very well, happy to show us things he likes. Everyone in the theater thought I was crazy. But did you did you recognize <laughs> the um the Akira reference? It's like no. the most famous shot in Akira is the motorcycle slide. And she does uh, the, the Akira motorcycle slide. And I s- hollered when that happened. I like I, no, I couldn't control it. The second, because it's the exact same camera angle. Uh-huh. It's the exact same shot. But she does the Akira slide. And I was like, yes! I just screamed that out loud. And everyone yeah, I, thought I, I was like crazy. I don't like
0: to verbalize in a movie. But when she did get on the motorcycle, I was like, ah. Because mm. they told us repeatedly, she mm. also does motorcycles. Yeah. So, when she got on a motorcycle, I was like, eh? That's why they did that? Yeah. Um, I, I also mean, suspect my crowd cheered more for fries than your crowd did. Oh, yeah. Um, well,
1: Are there's... you familiar with fries? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a fries in Oregon. No, but um, that fries. No, not that specific fries. Okay. There's one fries in the entire state of yes. Oregon, and it's down in Wilsonville. Um, and okay, I've so been was... there a handful of times, yes.
0: Yeah, it's an electronic store. It's a neat electronic yeah. store. But one of the things about fries is that each of them, uh, or like some of them, have like themes. They have like decor. Oh, yeah. And there's a, there was a fries up here. It was in the, it's in the valley and it closed during COVID, I think, or right after COVID. But it has a huge flying saucer abduction prop thing built into the front of the fries. Mm-hmm. And which is obviously thematic to this movie because it's about an alien. Sucking things up through a a straw. Um so they go into a fries that is thematically related to the movie, but it's our local fries that everybody loved. And I was very sad mm. I didn't go to before it closed, because it's like an institution here. So people yeah. here were like very excited to see that fries.
1: Yeah, um, I thought
0: that was very funny. So, I have seen uh, pictures
1: of that fries before. Yes, yeah
0: So that's that was a that was a great little bit. In fact, um that was the first of what I am gonna call a new thing that I'm gonna call. Uh, the alexis which is my i'm going to give an i'm going to give some awards some little my favorite little things little things not big things my favorite little things in the movie and there's a million little things in here that are great but um a couple little things one is the fries i loved that uh, another alexi for the scissors on the desk the scissors from us are mm-hmm. like the big, br- which is like one of my favorite. I did not care for us too scary, um, but I did like the big brass scissors that they use yeah. as their horror movie prop and having that sitting on the desk. I love when somebody is like, this is my cinematic universe. The mm. Jordan Peele cinematic universe is like these scissors I- exist in multiple places. Um, I also really like, you know, how you always, you tell me whenever you see a helicopter, there's two helicopters. Oh yeah. Exactly. One of yeah. my favorite things in movies is when there's a large movie set because I know that if you were to pull back, there's a larger movie set around mm-hmm. it with like the same set of chairs and lights and sandbags and and you know tea stands or whatever. Like right behind that are the same things, but the real versions. Yeah, it's and a setception. Thing, it's setception. There was a yeah. huge commercial set for this horse commercial, and I loved being like, "There's another set behind that set." Mm-hmm. and uh so that was an ox when I, I did one of the episodes of Prolandia i was in we were on a fake set with a set behind it so i've mm. like i've like been on the set on a set before and yeah. it's really trippy and you and to have like when we were doing it because it's a comedy the person pretending to be the director was acting as the director was the costume person in real life so to have mm. him be like helping with costumes then he like walks around someone does makeup and then he pretends to be the director is a very good time it was a good yeah. little
1: bit for us um, yeah, can I? I know the competition is stiff this year in the yeah. Alexis, but yeah. I definitely think um, for best uh, shoes standing up on end for no good reason, but as just a really striking image, this movie is definitely uh, the favorite for that award it's category. Incredible. I think it's All really year, weird sure. that you have that category in there <laughs> every year because the competition is not usually very stiff, but it's this movie definitely finally, one of the best
0: shoes in film of 2022. Um, yeah. We can talk about what what that means if it means something. I mean, I think you're right not not really meaning anything. But um, yeah. I did Google it just to see what other people thought. Um,
1: I've well, read I read mean, some opinions. it's interpreted it as, um, you know, there's like a one of the lines from this movie is like, "What's the what's the name for a bad type of miracle?" Right? Yeah, like, yeah What's yeah. the name for like and like how do we enforce meaning? Like I think the shoe is there. As shoe is there, and it's meaningless, but it's about how you force meaning on things, right? How huh. nature and these things can't be tr- controlled, and they're mostly chaos, and you know, wild animals are gonna be fucking wild animals. But right. when you have something like traumatic happen to you, you f- you force meaning on things, right? Like the fact that like this weird shoe thing happened, that he survived the Gordy incident, that he thinks he's now like special and that he's going to be able to tame this other wild animal. Right. It's, it is like, well, so I'm okay. So I, I do want to come back to that because I, I,
0: I'm mostly on board with that. But that thing that you just said at the end throws me off a little bit. Um, I, I like, I think the best interpretation of it, like a simpler interpretation is just like the thing about bad miracles. That was just remi- like showing you by showing you this ridiculous thing. This was a bad miracle. Just like, hey, reminder, miracle happening because this magic is happening. Um, I think that's simple enough. I think you mm-hmm. like your interpretation of that other character, uh, the Gordy character is uh, No, not Gordy's the monkey. What's um, yeah. Jupiter, what's his name? Jupiter. Jupiter
1: yeah, Jupiter. Steve. Yeah, yeah. Jupes. yeah. Um, Jupes. Which, by yeah. the way, I mean, we talked about him on the Maneri episode, but Stephen Yoon. Stephen Yoon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Phenomenal is easily one of my favorite actors working today. Um. Ever since undeadable. I saw him in like the early seasons of The Walking Dead, I just always knew like this guy is so fucking good. He's so um, good. And he's, he's, so, he's, he's great he's, in this really interesting role. Yeah, he's only in this really movie awesome for a little bit, but he is
0: so fucking I might even good call this in this the movie. P- He's the B story of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I mean, all parts of large parts of the B story are like more interesting than actually some of the main stuff. There's mm. some, it's a really interesting side story. You could definitely see a movie about the Gordy incident and what mm. happens to Jupes. Um But yeah, he's, he's, he's really, really good. Um, uh, aesthetically, this is another Alexi. Uh, aesthetically Jordan Peel's incredible so that the, yeah. the the shoe is, is phenomenal, but the horse through the truck the air dancers just out there in the desert is like... W- so one of these is kind of fascinating to me about Jordan Peele's directing career so far. It's like coming from the sketch world, I would think of him as being like hyper-verbal. He's going to be like explaining stuff, really clear, hitting jokes. And his movies are more patient and really yeah. visually striking. He has some of the most visually striking things like well, us, I mean the scissors, in did- that red jumpsuit. is one of the most visually striking things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Yeah. This... Air dancers in the desert is
1: just one of the most incredible looking things I've ever seen. It's so good. My favorite thing about Kean Peele and I don't know how many like sketches he directed, but I know like and I think like why working on Kean Peele was probably such good preparation for making these types of movies is the thing that I think Kean Peele did better than any other sketch show. Besides having incredible writing and great performers was the way their sketches if it was like A horror movie theme sketched. It didn't look like a sketch of a horror movie. They shot it like a horror movie, right? Right. They would always, they were such masters of tone and like setting a mood for their sketches. And their sketches didn't look like any other sketches. You look at like most big sketch shows and they look like, cheap little sketches, right? And they will like do horror movie stuff and it doesn't look as like convincing. But Key and Peel would always go the extra mile to make sure that their things looked exactly like the movies or whatever yeah. that they were parodying. So and I think getting to work with a bunch of different directors and seeing how they would make like a horror movie thing or a thriller or like a music video or like an eight like when they would do like an eighties um like Dance, like jazzercise sketch which is like one of the favorite sketches. it looks like something like from the film stock the way they sh- light it it looked exactly like it was from that period and i think he probably got to observe and work with a lot of really smart people learning how to master this tone and it yeah. really shows in his movies and i think his movies like get out is obviously like it's impossible to understand understate like the importance of that movie just between like its cultural impact, the way it added words to the lexicon, like yeah. um like you know, just all the terms I mean, and everything well, in that movie. So I
0: I didn't I, I didn't love us. I like I liked Nope, but I wasn't like blown away by it the way yeah. I was with uh uh his get first out? one with get out. I won I, I do feel like get out was so once in a generation good yeah. That it's a weird place for his other movies where they're like, this is a good movie. There's some really interesting yeah. things going on here. If you hadn't made Get Out, this would be one of the most impressive things I've seen. But because your first thing was so good, everything else he's like, done since then, with these other two movies, are both like, wow, good. Yeah, it's not Get Out, though. And that, it does feel like he's almost hamstrung by having nailed the first one so well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, like... Christopher McQuarrie, who's another writer-director I really love, he I've seen him talk about interviews. Like, the first thing he ever wrote was The Usual Suspects, and he won right. an Academy Award for that. And it he's talked about how that fucked up his career for, like, a decade. Yeah. It took him forever because, like, you win an Oscar for your first movie, and everyone's like, so you're going to do that again with your next right. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and, so just write another, write another Oscar right now. Yeah. But I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, one, for a horror movie to win an Oscar is incredibly rare. You have to make a very important horror movie for that to happen. I, the way I feel about Jordan Peele's movies, I think he's three for three. Um, I've talked about, I really obviously love Get Out. I think it's a great movie. I personally think Us is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. I think it's one of the greatest. I should say, by the way, like, obviously, just in case it wasn't obvious,
0: but it probably was. But just in case, Um, not my genre. Yeah. So and, uh, I I think actually I liked this more than us by a fair amount. Yeah. Because us was the most horror movie of the three, and so I like it the least. I don't well, like horror is, movies. This one that's a horror movie in a way that this feels like is not a horror movie at all to me.
1: Yeah. Well, this is definitely more like I said more of a thriller I think than a horror movie. This also is, um, this is his most straightforward movie. Like I I think that there is a lot of really good social commentary and like really smart ideas in this movie. But to me, like us, I think like get out is like a great, really smart, socially conscious thriller with a lot to say. I think us is like almost entirely allegorical, right? I don't think, I think the movie works as like a literal thing, but I really think it's mostly supposed to be an allegory that you think about, you know? All right. So we've dragged
0: people in. We're almost 40 minutes in this episode and people are here because last week, you teased that we were going to get the grand unified theory of us that no yeah. one has said on the internet before. This is a completely original take that yeah. is going to change the way everyone thinks about all of Jordan Peele's movies, but especially about us. Well, finally, for the first time on a podcast, Anthony, please reveal what is us actually about? Blow me away. I, everybody, I will say in the next hour, you will leave changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, know of any of what you just said is true but i have a reading <laughs> on us that i've never seen uh, i mean there probably are other people who have made this point but what i love about us and like i said as i think of it as like an allegorical movie and i think his movies one of the things i really like about this trilogy is the way the titles have multiple meanings right like get out is not is about you know like the commodicate commodification of black bodies and like black bodies going into these neighborhoods and being told to get out. But it's also that layer of like, it's what stereotypical black audiences scream during horror movies, right? Mm -hmm. Get out. It's like, it's that's why it's called that, right? And us is a lot of the same way. It's it's about us and it's also U.S., right? It's about what it means to be a United States citizen. And I think a lot of people who, when I see them talk about us, I think it's really funny and this kind of trap, especially um, white liberals that get out, is making fun of, fall into a lot. Where his first movie was about race, and he's a black director, so this movie's about race, right? right. And I see a lot of people say that about us, and I think like one of people the things people are also that...
0: saying it about Nope, which is like it definitely has moments yeah. of that. This but movie, but it's that... also largely about animals, and it's about yeah. like nature, about Hollywood. It's yeah. about it's about. uh, I, I mean, it definitely has elements of race, and that is; those are important parts of it. But it is yeah. not about race the way Get Out is about race. It's it's much more about like Hollywood and fame, and yeah. about how picture, like who is in a picture and who is taking that picture, and who do you remember from that picture, which has racial elements, but it's also largely yes. not about that. And, and the also a lot about
1: how we interact with wild animals yeah and the way like white people take credit for the work of black yes. artists and stuff like this all that but like to me us is like one of the things he really strives the show in that movie is that from the richest family to literally homeless people everyone has a tether right this is not mm-hmm. a race or a class thing this is to be an american citizen to be a u.s citizen you have this tether. And what I what I believe us is about the allegory is that it's about the forced disassociative state that to be an American is to yeah. live in constantly, right? Every single thing about our society is kind of... Our brains are sort of forced and taught to think of things in two halves, right? So I think that's why the way the movie uses I got five on it, this song mm-hmm. as a recurring motif, is because that scene in the car is kind of like the key for the movie, right? It is when they're in the car and the I got five on it comes on and the dad, the son's like, What's, what is the song about? And the sister's like drugs. And the parents are like, no, it's not about drugs. Just don't do drugs. Just listen to the rhythm. Just listen to the music, right? right. And it is the parents subconsciously unaware already doing this to their child. They're already telling them to not look at the truth, just enjoy this part of it. And I think that's why there's so much like Michael Jackson imagery in the movie, right? Because like, mm-hmm. only in America mm-hmm. is the idea of separating art from the artist like a real conversation because we've been trained to disassociate like that, right? We we are the only people on the planet who really can be like, oh, I can love this art and just literally not Acknowledge the bad part of it, right? I can separate the oat from the Otis because that's what we do with all of our society. It's the way that you can like see homeless people on the street and forget about them the next moment, right? Or see this injustice. I'm a little here. hesitant
0: to say that that is exclusively American about disassociating. I would think that is a like a general human quality, the ability yes. ab- ability to dissociate. I would even say I think it probably evolved from the fact that for so much of human history just like life was very cheap it was just really easy to die for a very very long time and so you had to be able to be like ignore the horror focus on getting an elk to eat for our family or whatever and so I think that that And that that evolutionary thing has gotten us to the point where we can do that about horrors. We should probably fix instead of ignore. Um, Anyway, and it definitely is happening a lot in America. Just just a slight caution that I. It's probably not unique to America. No, yeah, and
1: I again I don't think it is entirely. But the the way that the movie phrases it frames it about this like this experiment that was started long ago. And nobody's at the will anymore. It was an experiment that was so successful that it just took over everyone and is completely self-sustaining at this point. And you see the parents doing it to their kids, right? This isn't a uniquely American thing, but it's a very American thing, right? The way like a whole identity and uh, the way everything about our culture, like all the privilege, even that the the homeless people, and because the movie makes a real thing about, like, this homeless guy we keep seeing a lot, and even he has some tether, right? Even, like, a homeless person still profits, and is still, like, trained to think this way, and that's why I think what Us... yeah, What's really interesting about his movies, and why I think Us is such a good allegory of a movie, is it's not just, like, not just why does this happen, and not just why does this family go through this, but why does this family survive is a very big question I think mm. us is asking, right? And the reason why this family survives when no other families that we see or no other people in this movie does is because the family has two people in it who know the truth. Right? The the youngest son and the mom. The mom knows it because she was down there originally and then came up. Yeah, because she's and a tether. S- she's not a real yeah. person. And the son is young enough to understand the truth, right? He's the one who, the first time he sees them, he's like they're us. He recognizes they're us, and you know what the movie is trying sort to of saying with um, the the mother character is that it it doesn't matter which one of you is up here and which one of you is down there. That's you, right? That is still you. It, it it's interchangeable. Which part of you is the tether, and which part of you is the person walking around in the sun? It's mm-hmm. still you. And the reason why this family survives is because they both recognize that that is you. Everyone else who dies in the movie is because if you don't recognize that this tether is you, that this bad part is you, that are these horrible truths and all this pain that this tether carries, eventually that part of yourself will kill the good part and replace (laughs) it, right? That is why when there's like an old shitty expression that like, When you're if you're young and not a liberal, you don't have a heart. If you're old and you're a conservative, you don't have a brain, right? That that is what it is talking about. The way that as you get older, eventually your tether, the bad part of you, the part that just holds on to all the evilness of this world, all the pain, all the suffering. Eventually, that kills the good part and replaces you, right? (laughs) And that's what you become. But this family, because it has these two, that's why the son. Is able to take control of his tether and walk him into the fire. Because your tether can't hurt you if you know it's you. It's just you're hurting yourself. It's when you fight against Mm. recognizing that this other version of you, you think it's something else. You think it's not you. Oh, I'm not responsible for these sins. I'm not responsible for this pain. That part of if you don't acknowledge it, it will kill you and replace you. But as long as you, if you recognize it, and you kill it first then you will be okay, right? And that's what I think the movie is trying to say. That's why I said, like, I think it's much more allegorical than yeah. his other movies. It is really a very strong allegory of just what it's like to be an American, what it's like to live here, and what, if you don't recognize um, the evil you pit yourself through and you just keep pushing it away, eventually it's going to wear your clothes and it's going to look exactly like you <laughs> and it's going to do empty gestures. Like that's why I like the hands across America thing. At right, the end. Right, right. Because to get to the point that you think like, Oh, holding hands across America, that's really going to solve the problems. That's when you've lost. That's when right. your tether is completely taken over and you know, Oh, this is just a show. This is just to make me feel better and do this. Right. So, okay. So that, I think this is a great reading of a it. Brilliant um, movie.
0: Uh, This is a great reading of it. uh, You forgot to mention um, what it's about is uh, being too scary.
1: Yeah, it's very scary.
0: Very scary. Real scary. The the stabbing and the 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 escalator
1: only goes down. That's very important, (laughs) right? I love that image so much. I do, too. The imagery of that movie is incredible. Um, And in fact,
0: I wish that reading that you just gave is so good. I wish we had given that reading a title. If I had, it would be called This Is Us. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now that you've gotten that out of the way
1: and people are changed, People oh, yeah. have left this differently than they came in. Everyone's just killed their tether. They're <laughs> taking off the glove off their hand, putting their bronze scissors away. So they're putting it on the desk for later. So what is... So let's talk a little bit about the
0: meaning of uh, of Nope. Um, so one thing is I... I've t- we've talked about this many times before, but we'll give, give it to you more literally than I've said it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a movie to have meaning, and I like it to either be I can figure it out while I'm watching it or through processing later. Mm -hmm. But I like there to be a meaning that the writer has decided on and is telling me, because I think of art as being communication. And if your point of your art is it's up to you, then that's me. And I shouldn't have to pay you 1250 for that. I feel like I'm here to hear what you have to say about the world, not for you to tell me like whatever you think is real. Um, So I am one of those and I do believe I'm not alone. I've talked to some other people like this, but uh, I won't tell you that I'm in the majority cause you hate that. I do feel like a lot of people like a movie to mean something. And a lot of people have watched this and gone to the internet and been like, tell me what it means. Mm-hmm. If you read those articles, there are two kinds. One is like, it could mean a lot of things. This could happen. Some people think this, some people think this, they're all possible. And the other article is like, here's what it means. And then they don't say anything. They just like yeah. say a bunch of nonsense and garbage. Um, it is so this movie does not have nope does not have an easily quantifiable meaning. It has a lot of little things it's about, but it's not a hundred percent about that. There there was a while so okay, so one of the things they talk about early on is they they talk about the original, the first ever motion picture that we have which is assembly second still second.
1: image to create a moving picture oh, that little exactly.
0: speech she gives is it's so great. It's a great
1: little speech right about about
0: the uh the Bridge images that we uh think of as the, the first still pictures creating a moving image and it's um and that we we know the name of the person who took the pictures we do not know the name of the black jockey who was on the horse in that uh in that little image and so i thought this is a, which is a cool theme for a movie. This is about who gets credit for the images, and it's always it's these people taking the image, not the people who are being put into the image, who are like actually doing the work and risking themselves <laughs> and this stuff. And there was a time there was a chance where this movie was definitely about that, where they have brought in this like weirdo white cinematographer who's gonna do who's got a hand crank thing, so the aliens can't knock out knock him out with an EMP, and he's gonna take an image of this, and I. Th- like it feels like what the movie is going to be about is it's going to be about uh, the main character on a horse and the image of him is taken by this weird white cinematographer and then that guy gets famous and not the the Hayward family um, Hayward family and uh, it's not about that it didn't do that it, it it got close to it and then it was like actually we got other stuff to do and then it went and did other stuff You um, got to become Jaws because it became Jaws well so okay so two questions to you one am I dumb for wanting it to mean something and two Uh, does it actually mean something? Or does it just want to do a series of interesting images and homages and and a character Mm. study and then move on?
1: I mean, I definitely think this movie is... I think this movie is much more straightforward than something. like. If anything, it feels like a reaction to us being a little too allegorical. Um, Mm. And I think in a way, he's maybe... He's tried to kind of streamline and tell a much more straightforward story here and i do think all that stuff you mentioned is in it i mean to me i took of this movie as much more about trying to control nature and animals and the sort of stuff you were saying earlier about yeah. this movie, yeah right this is controlling think-
0: animals and nature is super super interesting and it definitely explains better what the other thing like the other story about the monkey is um so there's, but the, there's also the like yeah.
1: chasing clout and chasing like talking about influencers and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, right? I, I yeah, think this that clearly there has like... a
0: lot to do with the fame monster, and you you have to, because um, it opens with that quote from the Bible that I used when I was introducing you, mm-hmm. which is like, and I will make you filthy and vile, and you will be a spectacle, and yeah. So it's clear that, I mean, I I think as much as po- as much as anything you do in a movie, if you put a quote at the beginning, that's the theme of your movie. You're telling us very literally what this movie is going to be about and I forgot about it until afterwards and I was like wasn't there a quote at the beginning hmm. and I did not but I, that seems like a framing device this is about clout it's about um, fame
1: hmm.
0: as partly as as most perfectly personified by the fact that a guy from TMZ shows up and then they fucking kill him he yeah. just straight up dies and, and, and he's obsessed
1: with he's so brainwashed yes um, While he he dies, he's like just take a picture of me while wearing a reflective helmet with a single yes. hole in it, like the monster itself, which is like yes. this reflective thing with yes. a big giant hole in it. Um, yeah, brilliant little bit of design. Crazy yeah. motorcycle helmet, yeah. But also, I think that there is like, you know, there's a, like, this I movie actually, sorry, really quick, Can you pause oh. this, this, this?
0: I just want to say on the, on the fame thing really quick. I do feel like a lot of movies have as one of their themes you know, fame is not good, being in movies is not the right way. Like mm. on the one hand, it sounds almost like every actor and writer is like, get me out of here. I hate this. Yeah. I'm a prisoner. Well, I But thought- I also wonder it's sort of like it sort of feels like maybe they just don't want us to get their stuff and they're like, "Nah, it sucks here. You don't want to yeah. be here." Like there's like these billionaires sitting in their fancy mansions being like, "It's not as nice as it looks." Mm. I'm, you know, I'm sad too, you know. Like it well, feels like when like a parent has a like a, a cookie or whatever and they don't want to share it with their kid and they're like, "You wouldn't like it. It's spicy." Like yeah. it feels like Jordan Peele is sitting in his mansion telling me, "I don't want to be famous. It's too spicy."
1: Yeah, it's definitely got there's definitely a bit of that. But there's also like did you see, I forget which one of the Paul brothers, I think it was Logan Paul, posted this long thing on Twitter talking about how he didn't get this movie and he hated it. And it was like, you're a dude who's like literally spends his life doing crazy, dangerous things, fucking with forces you don't understand, for internet clout. Of course you didn't get this movie. Wait, he was mad about specifically nope. He about not yes. getting nope? Yes, he did not get Who was it. Who is he and trying was... to be? The black cowboy? yeah I have no idea but he was what did he think he was going to do he was just complaining about this movie and not liking it if he was the guy in the motorcycle helmet
0: from TMZ who dies that would be an interesting level for the movie to have taken but I don't think that's what he was upset about you don't see that guy's face
1: but yeah I mean I think of like the reason like something I think about a lot of this movie was like the opening quote you mentioned and then the fact that this movie has title chapters all named after animals that are about to die yeah, or yeah, and like the the way he they talk about training animals, or the way like when they every time they cut to the cinematographer in his home, he's just watching he's weird footage. videos of yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah. He's watching of videos predators. of animals. He's
0: editing footage of animals brutally murdering each other.
1: Yeah, and like the the whole Gordy storyline, which I think is is probably the the scariest stuff in this movie is every time they cut back to the monkey on the set. Um, I just okay. love the way that's that a, that's was That's an shot. interesting
0: thought. Okay, keep going.
1: Um, but the way that like that character, the Jupiter, Jupiter whatever his name is, Jupiter, uh, yeah, Jupes, Jupiter, Jupes, yeah, the way he like misinterpreted that event, and I really liked. I didn't think of this myself. Someone else pointed this out to me, but the way he, there's a table. He's underneath this table, and there's a tablecloth hanging over. That mm-hmm. is blocking him making direct eye contact with the monkey. Uh, and that's why the monkey doesn't kill him. Yeah. But he never pieces that together. Right. So he thinks that he just has this natural connection with this wild animal. Right. With right, this right, force of right. nature. Yeah, yeah, so, that so he can I, because
0: we're spoiling it, I've assumed most people have seen it. But if you have not seen it and don't care about spoilers and want to know what's happening, so the the A story is These people who sell horses, they get attacked by an alien who eats horses. And then the Mm. B story is this child actor who was in a sitcom co-starring with a monkey. And the monkey at one point went crazy and killed everybody or went monkey and killed everybody. He's a chimpanzee. got very violent, didn't kill. Actually, I I, I thought it seems like he killed her. He just beat the crap out of everybody. And it's very bloody and gross. But then like one of the characters I thought was dead. We see her later just disfigured. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's clear that he doesn't kill possibly doesn't kill anybody because like SNL made a sketch making fun of yeah. it, which would have been rough if it was like five people died on a TV set. I don't um, know that Chris Kattan was real edgy, you know, he would really <laughs> yeah, go places Chris other people would. not um, But uh, so, yeah, so he, this the kid is the does not get attacked by the monkey. And at the end, the monkey, after like beating all these people, comes over and fist bumps him. But you're right. It's because he could not make eye contact, just like we learn with the alien it wasn't actually a flying saucer. That is the alien itself. and It just looks kind of like a. Jean uh, jacket. It looks like a, a manta ray or a, yeah. a, a sea creature of some kind. that's flying through the sky eating and you just can't make eye contact because it pisses it off and it's territorial. So it's just yeah. like a wild animal. So, yeah, this guy thinks he has a natural. Uh, jupes thinks he has a natural connection to animals because he's the one the monkey didn't attack, but it's because he couldn't make eye contact.
1: Yeah. And it like the whole way that. Sequence that whole sequence at the ranch when they get abducted, Um mm-hmm. and like they're inside the creature was yeah, such so incredibly well made and so brilliant. It's really cool. So although tense. the creature,
0: so the alien is like made of cloth, which is weird, and it's like it's a cool design, but it's so many steps away from what I. Which I this, so I always complain that aliens are too similar to Earth creatures, which means we had a the same. Uh, ancestor with a a similar evolutionary tract but this one is so different from any creature we've ever seen you know it's got like a square mouth hole with cloth that goes at you Mm. like it's not like any creatures we've seen before so when you're inside it you're like this looks like a fun like one of those Instagram museums where you run
1: through like a bouncy castle and jump in a pile of ice cream or whatever yeah, but then it will drop. It'll eat everything that's organic and flush out the rest. And it'll, um, it'll poop
0: out your it, it'll poop out your keys, and it may pee your blood all over somebody's house.
1: Yeah, well, that's only when it has really bad indigestion from eating a horse. A right, either horse that's indigestion from eating the
0: fake horse, or that was like he was puking blood on your house as a marking of his territory. I've I've seen different yeah. interpretations of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, both of those are valid interpretations. Yeah. Um, God, I mean. I really liked the way this movie was shot. Like all the like real low angles of like moving underneath the characters with so it in the background. The first like scare with the kids pretending to be aliens, the oh, whole way that sequel. scene is great done. Sequence.
0: Is so well done. Because that's the most it was like a horror movie to me. You meant you said that you thought that the Gordy uh chimpanzee stuff was the scariest part to you. I was a hundred percent unfazed by that, scary-wise, because. It, the monkey was so CG looking mm. and I know you can't have a real monkey beat people up but it just fortunately it yeah. looked cartoony enough yeah the sag rules it yeah. looked it looked it looked cartoony enough that I was just not it's just hard to be scared by a CG creature like that for me I just it just looks like a cartoon um, the first like horror movie e moment is that when there's aliens in his barn popping up and scaring him and mm. but what I love about that so it looks cool. But also one drops down in front of him and he just straight up clocks it. And it's so funny as yeah. a reaction to an alien jumping out at you as you punch it in the face. It's so cool. And then it ends up being a kid, which is even funnier.
1: But yeah, and makes sense. I mean, it's what it's what I would do. Uh, it's what you always want someone to do in a movie, but they never do. Yeah. Right? Just punch the alien. Yeah. I also, it. I kept thinking, I don't know what this is. Or like what the point of it is, but I think it's really fascinating that this is his third movie, and M Knight's third movie was Signs. Like this almost mm. feels like a reference to that
0: as well. A little if bit movie, like, you want to make an alien movie, just like
1: yeah, in the kind of like a ranch thing, but also like I said, you kind of wanted to make Jaws. I mean the the Jaws parallels. Are... It's, it's much stronger yeah i so uh, we're
0: gonna start we're gonna start moving towards the exits we gotta we gotta go it's a closing time we gotta go out yonder um whatever i can't remember what that recording says um but a uh, couple last thoughts on this so uh i really liked the look of jupiter's claim the fake mm-hmm. theme park that they go through um that story with him having like the illicit stuff from when he was from the
1: horrifying event. Yeah. He survived that he like
0: sells uh, to people.
1: Well, that the metaphor as well of it, it's hidden in a room in his office, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's nowhere out publicly, but right. it's in a, the way he shoves the truth is back in the closet of his mind as well. Right. He literally keeps it in yeah, a hidden passage true. in his office. That's um, true. I really love that. The, the that whole scene. thing
0: is super cool, and I love the way that looks. And also, I mentioned this last week, but they Universal Studios opened that set of Jupiter's Claim on the day the movie opened. I heard about and that. It's not like a. It's not like a ride. It's not its own thing. You go through, but it's just on the um, studio tour, and they just took the actual set. So as soon as they finished filming it. They took it apart, put it in boxes, drove it into Universal Studios and reassembled it in one piece so you mm. can drive through the set of Jupiter's Clam at Universal. And it's very cool. I think that's a yeah. really cool thing. And I'm surprised they don't do that more often because on the one hand, you're like taking a gamble on the movie being good. But on the other hand, the set already exists. So it's not like you're spending as much money as building a set from scratch.
1: Yeah. And I th- I think they definitely knew this was going to be a big one. Yeah, right? I it's think a reasonable
0: this... get. Also, it costs
1: $60 million to make. So you're like, they're going to make that in the first hour. This is fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really love like I've, i I want to rewatch this movie because there's this great reveal about like this cloud that doesn't move, and I want to rewatch it looking for the cloud early yeah. on because I know it's there. There's a that's great cool. moment where, in his office when he asked buy buyback when o j asked to buy back the horses, and he's like, yeah we can we can do that uh <laughs> that's very funny after you hiding fact that he's hiding the the movie, feeding them to the alien, yeah, that he's been feeding them to the alien the whole time. Um. Yeah, I really liked. Okay, this couple movie. Quite a couple of things. This is like this is a classic
0: Alex end of show segment, which is like, all right, but a couple of little nits that I want to pick real quick. One is you mentioned earlier on about that about the character of Jube's feeding them to this monster and thinking he he can handle that animal and thinking he can like get this predator to do his will. I've read that from. I, I've seen that. I've seen other people suggest that, and I my concern about that is he, there's no way he knew it was an animal and not just a spaceship. He thought he was giving horses to the aliens in the ship. And so it still works that he thought he was controlling aliens, but he did not think that was an actual creature. That was a huge leap that only the great OJ Haywood would be able to make that this was behaving like an animal and not like a spaceship. Mm. And is really cool. And it's the thing I've not seen an alien movie. I'm sure that's happened before. But the idea is like, oh, that's not a ship full of little aliens. That's one big ass alien is a really cool idea. Um, but I don't buy that he knew that, that, that Jupes knew that. There's no way. Yeah, I can see that reading. I also am a little bit confused. One thing about it, so okay, so the idea is this alien that is the size of a spaceship that is up in the clouds he is very territorial, and he does not want you to make eye contact with him. I get that metaphorically. It's important to the movie. I do not understand how this creature from wherever in the in the universe is that far away, does not have eyes of its own, But can sense on the ground whether you're looking straight ahead or up a little bit. But then if you draw eyes on the back of your hoodie, it's good enough with those. It thinks those are real. So it has like this incredibly precise vision and threat detection that is incredibly easily fooled by googly eyes. This is a little hard for me. I don't know. Also, how would he evolve to know what eye contact is? He's never seen eyes before. Like, he has no idea what our eye contact, like, being a threatening thing, is so dependent on knowing Earth stuff. It's just very strange that this alien would have that point of view. It works for the movie, but it doesn't make a lot of sense for me.
1: Hmm. I mean, I, that type of stuff, I didn't really bother. I was, like, I do like the this idea. This is not bothered. We are that... picking
0: some nits, Anthony. Yeah, yeah.
1: I do like the idea that this is... Um, this creature has been here for so long that all alien sightings are actually just this animal, right? Is that, that, what, like, is that what we're supposed to believe? No, I just—it's just something oh, I thought. Well, yeah, 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 that like this thing has just been here for so long that every time someone thinks they see an alien, or think they see an alien abduction. It's actually just this animal that lives in a cloud and comes out and eats every once it's in a cool. while. It's cool.
0: I like. I mean, I really like this idea. I think that's a really interesting... It's not aliens. It's one alien shaped like a uh, flying saucer. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, my other One thing that really did kind of annoy me about the movie is... I, I, I'm always just annoyed when so many things ha- hinge on bad communicating. And, like... His sister is not good at communicating. Like, literally, we see her give a speech on safety on a horse where she does not mention... Don't look in its eyes. Don't show it a mirror. Don't stand in the kick zone behind mm. it. The only, the one thing you need to do in a safety demonstration about a horse is do not stand where it can kick you. Doesn't mention that she talks about her motorcycle skills and then tells the s- history of this one the, of the Moybridge film and then also everyone goes and stands right behind the horse. Like yeah. terrible, like that, that like. And there are bad people and people who are bad at their jobs. But like if your job is horse wrangling and you give a horse wrangling safety speech on set, you have to know one safety basic feature about a horse.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like the the point and growth of a character, right, is that she's obsessed with fame and like wanting to be like. A successful in a, in her own way and doesn't actually care about the safety of these animals. Yeah, right? yeah, But yeah. so she's like that. plugging her other stuff during the speech. You but, know? I,
0: but she could have plugged that stuff and still said, don't stand behind the horse. Like, I just feel like she was like too comically bad at the job of handling animals on set, which there are rules about. You just have to, like, yeah. you got to tell people not to stand behind. Also, I feel like even if you're a makeup person, you've heard of horses, right? Like, if you've heard of horses, you don't stand where it can kick you. And yeah, if you, you have a horse on set and you're you're the videographer, you don't put a mirror in front of the horse's face. That feels yeah. rude. Even if you weren't doing it, didn't know it scared horses. Very invasive. You'd be. They are yeah. standing so close to that horse. Yeah, you shouldn't put that mirror
1: in front of anyone's face. That's just rude. It
0: was a know? weird mirror too. I yeah. don't actually
1: know what that was, but um, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, I, it was a a um th- those are used for capturing the way light is bouncing around so when cg artists go in and put in they use that as a frame of reference for oh, the light cool. in the room that's what those reflective orbs they use on sets of or interesting because
0: um, also because the, the horse
1: was covered in those little checks that means it's going to be yeah.
0: cg'd out which is weird why would you bring in a horse to make a cg
1: horse yeah, I'm very curious what commercial they were actually filming there it seems or whatever that, that was. Thing
0: that Jordan Peele would do where there's like, oh, yeah. on the DVD, if there exi- here's the commercial with the CG horse. Yeah, and I mean, lady. I do
1: love how much the uh, the director of photography, the cinematographer guy, was like bored and hated doing that, and so like when you see him later as like this lunatic who is just like, excited to capture the impossible shot. Like, it makes sense. Even if it kills him. He's, he's literally yeah. willing to
0: die to get a better shot than the one. Cause that, that part was probably the hardest I laughed in the movie. was where yeah. he's they've done the thing. He got the shot. And then he's like, oh, but it is magic hour now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's such a good. I mean, <laughs> can I just quickly list off all
0: yeah. the Jaws parallels yeah, this is in good this ending. movie? Because so, we started with Jaws. Let's end with Jaws. Yeah.
1: So the entire final act, right? So in Jaws... The track, the shark, they use barrels. In this movie, they use um, inflatable owned things, right? Right. Again, one-to-one parallel. Uh, The night before the final thing, Quint and the boys on the boat sing that song. In this movie, the cinematographer sings Purple People Eater, right? Again, a one-to-one parallel, right? Uh, As they are, like, wrapping up and trying to do their goal, in Jaws, Quint, breaks the equipment so that they can't call safety and then gets eaten by the shark. Basically, the same exact thing happens with the cinematographer in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You think one character is going down to face the monster. You think that character dies. That's Richard Dreyfuss in Jaws. That's O.J. in this movie. Mm -hmm. Leaving one character alive who gets chased by the monster Gets the monster to eat a thing filled with air that then explodes, killing the monster and the other character you think is dead immediately comes back. It is so beat for beat exactly the ending of Jaws.
0: I don't remember. Well, I think
1: I did see Jaws too. I don't remember the other Jaws. Is
0: it the same Jaws or is it a new Jaws that shows up in the later Jaws movies? Uh, No,
1: it's a different Jaws in all the sequels. It's like literally the baby of the first Jaws. Uh, The first Jaws gets blown up. Right. Um, with well, because uh... we know that the shark oh, okay. was blown up because there's, like, shark
0: pieces everywhere. But yeah, this yeah. alien creature just turns into ribbons. And so, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was fine. Maybe that was just, yeah, like, I it loved... was startled that it could come back together. I don't know that it's yeah. actually gone. I know if we you wanted to make another it one
1: as well, but uh, Jean Jacket's design when he unravels, and it's, like, this weird, angelic creature. Again, it felt very, like, something out of an anime, just like the Akira shot. Yeah. Um, I just loved the visual design and again like the thing you said is also a big complaint i have of aliens not feeling alien and this thing feels so fucking alien, Completely in this alien. Movie. Yeah, yeah yeah this I feels like what, that what's the movie
0: where the where the aliens are like 30 feet tall rocks in a pool of water and they talk to it through glass the arrival arrival yeah, th- yeah. that was that's that was an example of aliens feeling alien enough where it was like yeah oh, yeah this is bonkers i have no idea i don't i can't even wrap my head around it that's how aliens should be and not aliens look like well they're just like taller people yeah they look like fuckable women
1: which is what most <laughs> aliens look like right like well those are two classic, reasonable options yeah but in like the classic star trek thing it looks like something co- co- could sleep with that is yeah. what most aliens yes in sci-fi look like um all right we're gonna wrap so yeah, on that i loved that
0: i uh, I, I actually, this is exactly what I was always wanted. Still processing to be since the minute I came up with this idea for a show, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes ago, um, <laughs> is I wanted to leave the show feeling like I'd processed it, and now I understand yeah. it better than I did going in. So I appreciate you taking me on this journey. Anytime. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this bonus episode of Season Five. We'll be back again next week with more Season Five. Next week, we're back to the season we're watching: End Game, Avengers: End Game. Uh, we're traveling via Vin Diesel to get there from Iron Giant. And in between now and then, as I mentioned before, we're going to be doing a live watch-along, watch us, watch Avengers Endgame. Um, some of us. Ezra's too busy. We'll see what happens. Oh, by the way, Ezra and Hunter couldn't make it today. I don't know if you noticed. Um... Uh, <laughs> But some of them will be here Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and whatever time and wherever you are, you have, you have the internet, you can figure it out. Um, but we're going to watch Avengers Endgame in its entirety, and it's going to be ridiculous. And if you have Disney Plus Plus, want to watch along, we'll have the link there so you can click in and be synced up. We've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Might not work. We'll anyway, um, we're going to try that, and then we'll have an episode about it next week. If you have any thoughts on Nope or on Avengers Endgame or ideas, this was suggested for us by Paul. Um, I believe on Twitter. So if you, uh, let me just double check really quick uh, that it was Paul. Uh, but yeah, if you have a, an idea of a thing that we should do in a way to make the show more enjoyable for you to join us, um, you can always send us an email podcast at read-weep.com. And we appreciate everybody who talks to us and gives us feedback. Thanks for hanging out, Anthony.
1: Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't seen Nope and you did, just listen to this. I'm sorry for spoiling it, but also you should see it anyway and keep supporting original movies, so we don't mm. have to just talk about Marvel movies all I agree with that very much. Um, I
0: also, I don't know. In general, I, you know, I, I was going to talk about this more. I forgot, but I, I do not care about spoilers. You spoil a movie. For, yeah. I just, I feel like people like to overreact because it's part of the fun, is being like, oh god, you're spoiled for me. But then you watch the movie and it's fine. Um, but I do. I do treasure a time when I can go into a movie that is good where I knew literally nothing about it yeah there is I don't know if it's the best way sometimes it may even be better to know what genre the movie's in but it is fun occasionally to watch a movie and be like oh there's an alien in this movie I had no idea this was an alien movie um it's kind of exciting alright uh more on that later we'll talk to you next week goodbye bye we should have made Endgame the end of the game for season 5 I just thought of it alright bye.